Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. I am a firm advocate in building your team as soon as you start your business. Now, I personally did not do this. It's one of my biggest regrets, but alas, here we are today. Now, it may start small, of course, but when you are freeing up space to pursue what you love, you quickly protect yourself from getting burned out and you very quickly move into scaling your business much faster than you would doing it completely solo. Now, back in 2019, actually, I lied. It was a little earlier than that, but I started to get that gut feeling that I've talked about that I needed to find a team. I needed to start building a team. And it was, it really just sat there for a while because it wasn't until 2020 that I would end up interviewing 12 people for an assistant position. And then in 2021, before we'd even start working together and how this gut feeling started was I had this fear that if something were to happen to me at at this point, we had two kids and I thought, well, I'm very lucky that I, I haven't experienced a miscarriage, but what if I had, or what if I get sick? Or what if I get into a car accident on my way to a wedding and Mike's with me or like, we don't have any support outside of us and our marriage because my husband and I work together. Now, I had started my business in 2012, so I was creeping up on eight years before I even began the interview process to have an assistant. And I am so thrilled to introduce you all to my wonderful virtual assistant, Brianna Robinson. Brianna is a consultant helping small businesses with virtual assistant services, social media management, and creative support. Brianna, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Taylor. It is so great to chat with you. I am a huge fan of the podcast and just everything you do. Oh, that makes me so happy. And Brianna was actually one of the reasons that I wanted to do the podcast because I use Brianna as like a create, like I said, creative support, creative sounding board. And so anytime these ideas pop into my head, it's so great to have someone like you go, Um, okay, who is this serving? What is this for? Do you have the time for it? And logistically, what does this look like? And so whenever I mentioned the podcast to you, you were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this has to happen. Yeah, of course. And I think that what you the questions you just asked is vital when new ideas come up, because especially when you have support, they're going to need that information. So having that identified ahead of time is super critical for a business owner. Oh my gosh. And, and, I, lo- I-, and I love asking that question. <laughs> those <Yay>! questions. <laughs> That's awesome because I've like, you know, Mike and I, like I said, we've, we've been in business together since pretty much we started dating. And I've, I can't tell you the number of times I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, Hey babe, what do you think of this idea? And so it's, it's just nice to have somebody else. And especially we'll get into this, Brianna, but you were a photographer for a, for a long time. And so I know that you come from this creative space. You're also a mom. And so I love just being able to talk to, like whenever I mentioned the podcast to Mike, we had like a million conversations over five years. And then ultimately he goes, 
I'm not your target market though. I'm like, I am a man who is like working whenever I feel like it. And I've got two kids and I love being a stay at home dad. He's like, I'm not your, your audience. And so it's just so nice to have someone like you who is my ideal client and dream client and audience to like really intentionally bounce ideas off of. So tell us, since I'm like already like weaseling into your story, will you share your story with us, Brianna? We actually met in college and we haven't, we didn't really have much time to catch up over the last 12 years after college. We just moved right into business. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to share my story. So Taylor, I don't know if you know a lot of this. So I actually grew up in West Virginia with entrepreneurial parents. My dad worked as a custodian at the county elementary school, but then he also had a business, a cleaning business on the side where he'd clean equipment for oil and gas companies. And then he'd clean like large um, office buildings. And then my mom ran the whole back end side of the business. So I learned from a young age, the value of hard work from my dad and then the budgeting from my mom and all like the business nitty gritty stuff. So uh, I would actually go and help my dad on projects on and off, like when I was little, like I knew what engines and dehydes were on an oil and gas site. And, you know, I mean, obviously I was, I was in high school at that point, but, uh, and then I worked for him on and off throughout high school and college. And what I, what I really learned from watching them run this business was that I did not want to own my own business. My dad was very rarely home. And then when we took vacations, he was constantly stressed about what was going wrong. And I knew that I'd have much more freedom than that in your normal nine to five job. I had no idea that you came from an entrepreneurial background. And it's so funny you say that because my dad had a wedding or wedding videography business. And my mom would work nine to five at WVU. So Brianna and I went to West Virginia University. My mom worked nine to five at WVU and then she would go shoot with my dad on the weekends. And I remember feeling the same, Brianna. I was like, they're never home. Like, not that they're they're never home, but when you're a kid, you're like, it's the weekend. And I remember thinking, I'm going to work a corporate job. I'm just going to work nine to five and not have to deal with all these hours. Exactly, exactly. Uh, 100%. And, you know, it wasn't like he was never home. It was just like, he was just working all the time. And his schedule didn't align with my schedule. You know, when you have little kids, they go to bed at like eight o'clock or 730, you know, right. And so but so during high school, I developed a passion for writing and photography. And that's when I decided to pursue a bachelor's in visual communications journalism and college to kind of marry that love for writing and photography together. But I also minored in business business administration because I still had this draw to the back end of the business and how it runs and how it's structured. I don't know why, but it's just like seeing them do it. It really was interesting to me. But I had grand plans to work in as a in a fashion magazine in New York City in college. And about Whoa. my junior year of college, yeah, about my junior year of college, though, I realized how much it would actually cost to live in New York City and how little journalists get paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but I also had big dreams and goals to live debt free. And I didn't think a career in journalism would provide the financial freedom for me that I desired. So I, at this point, I very much felt lost on what the heck I was going to do with my degree after journalism, after, after graduation, because 
you know, I was a junior and senior year was approaching and I'm like, what is happening? Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so amazing though, how God provides opportunities and he answers prayers because during my senior year of undergrad, I had a photography professor invite me to participate in a community-based project. And it sparked such joy and passion inside of me because it was helping a nonprofit and I was getting to do the creative aspect also. And looking back on it now, it was such a catalyst for me to pursue the things that I pursued after that. So I actually did a year-long AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer position And then I served some amazing people in dire situations during a summer mission trip to Honduras. And then I ultimately, right after that, pursued my master's in public administration because this professor was just like, I don't think you want to do business. I think you want to serve people. And you need to pursue a public administration degree because this is going to give you that extra bump to be able to do what you're actually wanting. And... It That's was, powerful. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it was, he, he's a great professor. And honestly, I've worked with him and his wife for the past decade, ever since this project. I've worked with them on and off. They have found a way to keep me around and hire me on every project they've been able to work with. Work, oh work my in. gosh, that's so, amazing. Yeah. And it was, so it was during my master's that I realized my true value that my, back, my background had. So I had a passion to work for nonprofits and then my writing and photography and marketing and business admin and project management skills, those would come in immensely valuable to convey and further the nonprofit's mission. And so it was during this time that I dabbled in my own photography business and I second shot weddings. And I had a lot of interest in being a wedding photographer because it was photography, it was owning my own business, it was uh, getting into the creative area. Like, I just loved all of that. But I was tapped from working nine to five and then spending almost every Saturday second shooting. And just like your mom, like, I I don't know how she did it, you know, especially with all the kids. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure she was drained. (laughs) But so I missed out on so much with every Saturday being booked. And Mm -hmm. it was through that experience, I realized photography actually wasn't my true passion, because I wasn't willing to sacrifice all this quality time with friends and family for it. And I think that when something is your true passion, you're willing to make the sacrifices and find ways to have both and make your passion happen. And I'm like, oh, this this really isn't it. But I'm fortunate to have identified my passion as marrying my skills to help small businesses succeed. So um, I, I thrive at learning new sectors of business, but I enjoy working most in the photography and wedding and creative realm. That's really where, where my heart is. Uh, but I've actually worked in legal and housing nonprofit and financial and software development and higher education and food nonprofit and the Medicaid healthcare industries. So I have a lot of, and it's, it's interesting for me though, because I get to learn new stuff every time I switch industries, but I keep gravitating back towards this creative realm because that is, it's like my, my, underlying passion, but not strong enough for me to to go after it 
wholeheartedly because there's still that desire to help other businesses succeed. So Yeah. I feel like you're like the whole package, Brianna, because you, you do have this creative side, but where I fall short is... I'm great with big picture stuff and I can do this, the, the more detailed things, but I love coming up with the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so I remember whenever I was interviewing virtual assistants, there were people who had been doing it for a really long time. They had like, you know, their like $1,500 date retainer or not date retainer, but like monthly retainer. And I was like, okay, like, I don't really know what I need yet. But you, out of all 12, Brianna, I can tell where your business admin is coming in. You were the only person who sent me a recap of our call laid out in bullet points of here's what you want to accomplish. Here's what I'm here's here's what you said your your goals are. Here's what I'm going to do to accomplish that. This is the time frame. This is the price. And I was like, oh my gosh, she like it one, it just made me feel so heard. I could tell that you had listened on our call. I could tell that like my big picture ideas were were making sense to you because you could see the exact steps that needed to be taken. But out of 12 people, you were the only person who sent me that. I don't even know what you call it. Like not recap. That's a terrible word. Not, and, and it was like a proposal. And so, and my sister actually just got asked by somebody to do their, their business man, like social media. And I was mm-hmm. like, do what Brianna did. I said, listen to their, listen to what they want. Tell them how you're going to execute on it. Like I didn't send her your proposal or anything, but you made me feel so heard and understood. And I knew at that point, I was like, Brianna's it. Like, I don't care how much experience she has or what, what this looks like. Like you just made me feel so confident right out of the gate. I love that. I am so glad. And I think that that's really crucial when you are hiring a team, because if they don't understand your vision, how are they going to best support you? And honestly, like as we were talking, as we were doing the interview, I was furiously taking notes. And that's the journalism side of me. Like, okay, I need to, I need to remember all of this. And because you're really busy. And I knew if I was going to get high, if I wanted to be hired and you were, we were going to work together, I didn't want you to have to repeat some of this stuff. And so I wanted to be able to take notes and have the information and be able to reference it you know, at a later point, whether it be for a caption that I was doing for social media, or, you know, putting together something for a project, I wanted I wanted the information. So right. Well, and I I also loved that. One, you you hold me accountable, because at, at one point, we were making the shift from like always speaking to couples and pictures of weddings to moving into this coaching business. And at one point, you stopped me and you were like, I am really confused. And if I'm confused, there's a good chance your followers are confused. Like, <laughs> who are you speaking to? What is, and I was like, oh my gosh, I needed that though. I needed somebody to say, your marketing doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. And so that was really powerful because it forced me as a business owner, now that I had someone else on, on my team, it forced me to go, okay, well, if it doesn't make sense to the one person I need it to make sense to, what am I doing wrong? And so that, like, just having you say those things to me was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to sit down and actually make sense of this. And it took a few months to actually make sense of what we were doing. But if you hadn't said that, I have no idea who I'd be talking to right now. (laughs) I think it is really helpful. That's one of the huge, a really helpful thing about having 
a team member is because it, it is that check-in. It's that person to be like, hey, is this making sense? Because it may, makes I do this all the time. Like it makes sense in my head. But then my husband's like, I have no idea what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, great. That, uh, please, please help me. Re- and he's like, can you rephrase? And sometimes I'm like, no, I can't rephrase. There's no other <laughs> way to say this. But no, he, he really challenges me to be like this you need to say this in a way because it's not com- communicating what you really wanted to say. So I think that having somebody on your team and while, you know, your husband is, you work closely with your husband, so it, it, he can be a great sounding board, but he, like he said, he's not your target audience. And I do have that background and I am a woman and you serve amazing women. And so it kind of helps to have that different perspective and communication style that Mike doesn't oh, yeah. have. Right. Absolutely. And I want to, I do want to touch on something before we get into the meat of our conversation, Brianna, that you just mentioned. And I know that we've had conversations about this because it's so important to both of us, but I want to hear about your debt-free journey because this is something that I know we're both passionate about. We're in the process of paying off our mortgage. Um, Mm -hmm. We're still trying to decide like timeline wise, what makes the most sense, but it's the last thing we have to pay off. And I know you guys have been on an unbelievable debt-free journey. Will you touch on that? Because it's just, it's so, I'm so passionate about this. So my my mom really taught us how to manage money. I don't ever remember being like physically like taught, but it was just kind of like mirrored and and I watched what she did. But Matt and I both kind of came into the marriage with that mindset, which we realized is extremely awesome because not all couples have that spouse that looks and views money in the same way. And so I think like I I felt very privileged. My parents saved um, money for me to go to college. And I also got the Promise Scholarship, which it pays for your fees and tuition. And so I worked really hard in high school to get the grades to get that scholarship. And I got a couple other scholarships. So my parents' money paid for my housing. And then I worked for my dad on the side to to earn additional money. And then because I got that, those scholarships, I had enough left over in my college fund from my parents to be able to pay for my housing during grad school too. And I made sure my grad school was paid for through a GA position. And so I would come out that free. And I did not want to go to West Virginia University. I wanted to get out of the state. I wanted to go somewhere yeah. <laughs> else. And I applied for a bunch of different other colleges and I got into one that I really, really wanted to go to. And it was going to cost me $30,000 a year. And I said, this isn't worth it. They're not going to provide me any better education than what I'm going to get at WVU. And I'm going to come out with all of this debt. And how much am I going to make <laughs> as a journalist? I'm not going to, this is going to take me forever to pay this off. And so even as a high school student, I'm like, no, going to a different place for college is not worth the sacrifice of years of paying off this debt. And so I I went to WVU, I came out debt free. And I think that a lot of people acquire a lot of debt in college. So I feel very, very Mm -hmm. fortunate to not have had that. And Matt also got the Promise Scholarship and then to pay for his housing and extras 
he joined the military. And so he, uh, and that's how he funded, he was in the, the National Guard. And so he funded college that way. And then we, so we came into the marriage pretty much debt free. And like, I think there was like maybe $5,000 and that was it. And we got married and we immediately paid that off. And we, so we got married and we bought this Jeep Wrangler. We love Jeep Wranglers, top down, doors off, best thing yeah. of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> and so we bought a Jeep Wrangler and we, like everybody else, we put, we put it on a loan. And then about three or four months later, we realized we can actually pay this off. Why did we take out a loan? And it was just, that's what everybody does. They take out loans for everything. And we just realized, oh, but we're going to pay this much in, much in interest. This is this is crazy. And so that kind of set the foundation. And then we were involved in a church that did Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. Dave and Ramsey. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so we went through that and that really set the foundation for the rest of it. I had already had literal physical envelopes that I had for different savings buckets. And Matt's like, why isn't this money in the bank? I don't understand. So he, being an engineer, created me this very elaborate, masterful spreadsheet to for me to have my virtual envelopes and my savings buckets. And we probably go overboard with budgeting, but we are very we're very intentional about not spending more than we have and wanting to be able to give freely because if you have if you go through financial peace, you know that the ultimate goal is to give more and be free with your money and not be a slave to your money and or debt collectors. So yes, I love that. Oh my gosh, Brianna. So Mike and I, I feel like you and Matt and Mike and I am so excited to hang out this summer when y'all are in Colorado. (laughs) Um, But we, we have very similar backgrounds, I guess, when it comes to money. Um, Mike and I did come into our marriage with student loan debt I went to WVU as well. And I, I'm same as you. I desperately wanted to get out of Morgantown. I grew up in Morgantown. And so I was looking at all these schools like in California and Oregon and ultimately landed on the same path of like, I don't, I don't need to go out of state and spend this much money on school. But I did promise myself that I would study abroad as much as I could while I was at WVU. And I did. I probably, I studied abroad, I think five times. Just, I literally, I'd be working out at the gym and I'd see a poster for a new course. And I was like, sign me up, Patagonia in December. Yep. England next summer. All right, I'm on it. And so I just literally, I kept signing up for all these study abroad trips. So that's kind of where my debt came from. But again, it was, it was a promise I made myself and it was still a fraction of what it would have cost me to go to Berkeley. I don't know where my head was at, but I was like, Berkeley University sounds good. It's not Morgantown. (laughs) But Mike came into, like we both came into our marriage with about the same amount of student loan debt. And we listened to Dave Ramsey. We were driving from Colorado to West Virginia, which is a full 24 hours on I-70. It's magical. And so we, on that drive, listened to Dave Ramsey. And we were like, let's pay off our student loan. And we started with let's, let's just pay off Mike's. And at the time, our income was like half of what we owed on our student loans. And so because the photography business wasn't quite yet taking off. And so we decided we were going to pay off Mike's student loan debt on the way to West Virginia, but then we had to drive back from West Virginia. And after a week, we said, 
let's pay off both of them. We'll pay off both of our student loan debt. And we're going to go to Iceland this year. And we're going to celebrate at the end of the year after we've paid off. And this was like not chump change. I mean, this was probably close to, I mean, it was, I don't remember how much it was, but it was a lot. It was a lot of money. There were days when I would be in the grocery store crying because our budget was like $20 for the week for groceries. And, it, and, and I was at a point, my, my, my uncle said this, said this quote about food once he said, or health and food. He said, you either pay for your health now or you pay for it later. Meaning you can either buy the good food and organic as much as you can and eat healthy now, or you can pay the same amount later in medical bills and treatments. And, and so that really hit me. And so to walk into the grocery store and know that all we could afford was like rice aroni and like whatever clearance meat there was, that killed me for like a whole year. Cause I was like, and we like, weren't really eating out. We would once in a while, but we would always split a meal, which is actually something that stays with us. Not for finance reasons anymore. It just became part of our culture of like, we'll just split it. But yeah, it was, it was super hard getting to that point financially. But when you make those goals, we have the same thing that you and Matt have. We have like budget dates where we make Mm -hmm. a big deal about it and we get our spreadsheets out and we're like, what are our goals this year? Thankfully we're out of the woods. We don't have anything to pay off except our mortgage, but we have those really hard. We just had one a couple of weeks ago where I ended up crying during it because not because of anything that happened. It just brought up stuff that like, I wasn't aware that I was still dealing with uh, money blocks Mm -hmm. and money issues and Mm-hmm. I'm going on a tangent now about about this, but being <laughs> debt free is something that I I do feel so passionately about, and I know you do too. And it just means so much that we can talk transparently about this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think that not having, I think that there's a really big, I don't know. There's in our culture, it's very much like you if you want it, you get it now. And And can you afford the monthly payment? And that's all that matters. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to us, it's okay, we want to do this. Can we make it work in our budget? If not, we don't buy it. We wait, we save, and then we buy it once we can pay cash. And it's it's very much not a the only thing that we would have a mortgage or a debt on is our mortgage. And we don't have one right now because we're we're renting. We just sold our house. So that's so <laughs> exciting though. Yay, yes. no mortgage. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So I did want to talk to you about the freedom of being an entrepreneur and making your own schedule, if that's cool. right. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think too, as an entrepreneur, we have this beautiful space where we can go, how much money do I want to make this year? How much do I want to work? And then just make it happen. Mm-hmm. You you call the shot. So yes, I would love for you to lead that conversation. So in all of the industries that I worked in, I I was never fully satisfied in most of the roles because I could never make my own schedule. And I felt chained to my desk, most of the time without sunshine. And I felt frequently oh. uninspired. And so I had the strong desire building in me to find a position that rewarded my work ethic and valued new ideas. So if I'm able to streamline my task and finish my project in three hours, I didn't want to be forced to sit at my desk for another five just to fill that seat. And so this was actually harder to find than I realized because I was still like, I don't want to own my own business. I want to work for somebody else. I don't want the stress of this. But 
I wanted the freedom that came with being an entrepreneur. So uh, when my son was born, when Macklin was born three years ago, I had the opportunity to test out being a full-time stay-at-home mom while dabbling and be with being an entrepreneur. And I took on projects when I felt comfortable having the time and energy to complete them. And then when I felt passionate about the project or the business. So I... Thankfully, I had the financial freedom because Matt was working full time to be able to be selective in which projects and which businesses I worked with. But I know everybody doesn't have that freedom. But it was really important to us because I wasn't working full time. So going back to the budgeting, we before I didn't work full time, we made sure that our budget could withstand one income. We were living off of one income before we had my son so that when my job went away, my full-time job went away, we, we our lifestyle wouldn't change because we were already living there. So any income that I brought in was just extra and bonus. And that allowed us to then revisit our budget to figure out okay, what are our financial goals? Do we want to take a two month or a, a two, three month trip out West? Do we want to go to Europe for two weeks twice this year? Like what are, are our goals? Do we want to give more? Do we want to, you know, whatever it is. And so really being able to look at our budget from that standpoint was huge because my income wasn't, wasn't even considered when we were budgeting. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think being able to live on one income is one of the biggest ways to success, like figuring out how to make one income work and then bringing in whatever else comes in, especially as an entrepreneur, when at the beginning, it's a little uncertain what's going to be coming in and what's not mm-hmm. to just use that for fun money or goal yeah. setting money. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Brianna, will you will you touch on how entrepreneurs from what you've seen, how do, how should they, what are the signs and how do they know that they're ready to hire a team? What is, what does that look like? Or what have you seen? So something I've seen is that when a business owner is spending more time in the weeds than they are on the things that they love to do. So if you're spending more time on culling and editing than actually shooting and you hate editing, then outsource it. But if you feel like you you don't have the time to develop relationships with your clients because you're swamped with like ordering supplies for your business or invoicing your clients, then hire a team member who can take all that off your plate because your clients come to your business for you. So developing that relationship will yield more return for your customers than re- and through referrals than being the one who is actually ordering the supplies and sending out the invoices ever will. For people, because I've had a lot of conversations with friends who are creative entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and they're telling me this laundry list of things and I go, hire a VA. And they're like, what's a VA? I'm like, a virtual assistant. And then they say, well, what does a virtual assistant do? And I go, well, really anything that you need. Yeah. I mean, and so can you touch on this new era of VAs and what, because some people do specialize in certain things and some people have more experience in areas than others, but can you touch on that? Sure. I think it is pretty broad. Like some people hire a VA and it can be like you can hire a social media manager or you can hire a VA that has social media management experience. I think that there's a VA is kind of very broad and it's kind of like an office manager. Some office managers just sit and like, you know, an in-person office manager. Some just sit and answer the phone. 
Other people are handling client relations. They are, depending on the business, they might be doing the bookkeeping. They might be doing HR. They might do, be doing the the website management. You know, office manager is a pretty broad category. It's the same thing with virtual assistant. So I think that the best thing a business owner can do is to set aside time to strategize and be really clear about your expectations for your team and what you need from them. So how will this person help you grow? And what do you need them to do? So I think figuring out what parts of your business you really love to do, what are your strengths, and which uh, which tasks you hate and aren't good at is going to be really vital. And then determine where you want your business to go and how fast. If you don't have a vision for your business, how can your team help you accomplish it? Because they are there to, a good team is there to support you. So if you are figuring this out and then hire somebody who fits your needs, if you don't need the phone, if you don't need the phones answered, if you don't need the emails replied to, then find somebody that has the skills that you're looking for. Because I think it is really broad. The you know virtual assistant title is very broad and can mean a lot of different things. So it, I, I do definitely think that it can be tailored to what you specifically need. Absolutely. And what is that the first step that you would say? that a business owner should do like ju- just for the preparation of hiring yeah. a team. Cause I know whenever I talked to you, I was kind of all over the place. I told you my big vision stuff, but, and then at one point you said, how do I fit into this? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And so that, that's where I was not clear on. And so what are yeah. some of the steps that you would tell somebody to do in preparation before they jump on a call with a VA or, and start building their team? I think that the first one is definitely setting time aside time to strategize on what you need and being really clear about that and how it will help you grow. <laughs> Even stuff like how do you want your team to communicate with you? Email, text, voice memo, Marco Polo, like what's your method to communicate? Because if you're like, I only want a Marco Polo and that person is like, I've never Marco Poloed. I hate being on camera. This is I won't, I don't want to do this at all. Then they might not be a good fit to 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 work with you if they're not willing to be flexible. And also, what level of communication do you expect expect from them? So going along with that, figuring out how much autonomy you're willing, you're comfortable with giving your team members. So can they change a process because they found a better one that works better? Or can they post a fun poll on social media without running it by you? Do or do you not want to hear from them at all unless there's a crisis? You, you're comfortable with it? Just go do it. I don't want I, like I can't handle any more on my plate type of thing. Um, and that will come with trust and, you know, uh, getting to know each other. But knowing what you, some people will never get there. They just don't operate that way. They really want to be hands on all the time. And if the person that you're working with doesn't work well with that type of management, or then they might not be a good fit. So I think that determining that and being really upfront with the person that you're hiring, it takes some self-reflection to, to identify these things. But knowing them ahead of time helps you know and be upfront with the person that you're hiring for them to know, hey, am I a good fit to work with this person? Right. And I think too, I think there's that, there's a caveat too, is that 
there's a learning curve as an entrepreneur to becoming a leader. Because mm-hmm. I know like I did not want to be somebody who micromanaged, but it was to a fault where I wasn't giving you any guidance. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, post whatever you want today. And you you were like, no, this isn't like what's going on here. And so like <laughs> I I had this learning curve of how to how to streamline things, how to be a better just better leader and cl- and more clearly communicate what my goals were for that year. And we had some real come to Jesus conversations about that, where you were like, I need you before we jump on a call again, to write down exactly what the goals are for. And so those were, I always appreciate having those conversations because I had to learn what it looked like to actually have a team. Because when you do it solo for so long, I think we tend, especially as women, I know we're guilty of this to begin with, but we kind of think people can read our minds. And so I'm like, okay, well, she's, she like sees what's on my Instagram or she sees what's in my email list. She should just know how to do it, but that's not how it works. And not that we're always guilty of people or, you know, thinking people are mind readers. There is this major learning curve as an entrepreneur. um, When you do start building a team of how to do it effectively and make people's jobs easier and not harder by trying to be more hands off. 100%. And I think that there is this learning curve too, because if I am with somebody in person, you can kind of foresee some of these things. But when it's all virtual, I don't know what your day looks like. I don't know, hey, I really should wait about two hours to hit Taylor with this question because she has X, Y, and Z going on. Where if we're working in an office together, I see, oh my gosh, she's had back-to-back meetings for the last three hours and hasn't even had a chance to pee. I should probably wait a little bit and give her some breathing room before I hit her with these 18 questions. So I think there's this learning curve too for working with somebody virtually. And, you know, we've all been living in this pandemic world where everything is virtual. But I think that if you are used, like you're you're used to working with Mike, you know, one-on-one in person. And so he can kind of see these things where I don't have that insight. And so I think that if some of the people you work with are in person and then some of them are virtual. There is this this shift of communication and expectations for the virtual communication that's different than the in-person. That's really important. And I think too, one of the big things that I like to tell people is you start small, like you can start small. Like I think you and I started with like what one or one post a week or something or mm-hmm. two posts mm-hmm. a week and yeah. on social media. And I, I did want to be a part of that creative process, but I didn't have the bandwidth with, you know, where I was in my business to be posting five times a week. And so, but very quickly, it's like this snowball of like, Hey, could you take this? Could you? And then now I'm like, anything I think of, I'm like, I need to check with Brianna and see if she would, if she has the space for this because you don't have to go all in right out of the gate. It, it can start out small, but it's like a drug. You very quickly start handing off more stuff. Is, is, is that pretty common from what you see? I think it's very common for me as an individual because that has happened to me in every, in every job I've ever worked in. It's, this is what I'm hired for, but oh, we see that she's, she's capable, she's willing, she's efficient, she's trustworthy. So I'm going to hand her more and more and more. And Eventually, I reach a point where I'm like, whoa, I can't take anymore. I'm super overwhelmed. This is crazy. But I feel like as an entrepreneur, I kind of have the freedom to be like, hey, Taylor, I need to scale back a little bit because I'm working a ton and I have other priorities, other clients that I need to to designate some time for. Or my son, Macklin, really needs my time this week. And I'm just I'm just tapped. 
I'm going to need to put a hold on this or a hold on taking on any new projects. And not that you have done that. I'm just, you know, I think that when you're working for yourself, you kind of have that freedom to be like, no, I, I need to, I need to scale back in this area. Right. And, and it's a beautiful space. I think with working with a virtual assistant, because like we're, we're a team, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not paying your health insurance and you're mm-hmm. not, you're not bound to me at any point. You can say, Hey, this isn't working anymore. I hope you don't, but it is, it's, <laughs> no. it's wonderful because we're both running our own businesses. Like you're not an employee for Taylor Jones photography. And so that's what I love about having a virtual assistant as well. And then Susan is my other VA, but she specializes in other areas. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Cause whenever I asked you, Brianna, like, Hey, do you have any interest in producing a podcast? You were like, absolutely not. No, I am not going to do that. And so but it did give me this, this opportunity to work with somebody else for something that she was passionate about. But again, she runs her own business. And so that's why I love this world of virtual assistant is you are running your own business. You're not an employee for somebody else. And you can set those boundaries and let people know when, when enough is enough or when you need to take time off or you're going to be traveling for three weeks. Exactly. So Something else I thought of, and I think that we've talked about this before, but one thing that when business owners are getting ready to hire a team, they should consider hiring people for their character, not their experience. Yes. So yes, the people that you hire need to have some sort of understanding on how to accomplish what you need help with. But if they work really well with you and are passionate about your business and willing to learn and are honest and hardworking then you can teach them the nuances of your specific business. Now, I understand that this is going to take some time on the part of the business owner to, you know, train somebody, but hiring them because they're an expert with, but they have a really crappy attitude is going to be way worse than investing the time into somebody who doesn't quite have as much experience, but really jives well with you as an individual, as a business owner, and is really passionate about what you're doing and right. can see can see your vision. Like you were talking about, they, I could see, I understood your big, big picture and I could help flesh out all the details about how to help you accomplish that. And I think that that is, that is huge. Absolutely. Hire someone with integrity. Hire somebody that you trust above all else. And I, I, I learned that like it was already before I ever read the book Effortless, which I, I'm pretty sure is in like every single show notes on every podcast because I talk about it all the time. But I need Greg McEwen to like, you know, hire me to be his little, <laughs> his little poster child. But that was, I mean, before that, before I ever read that, I knew I just needed to hire somebody that I trusted above all else. Because like for you, Brianna, I mean, I'm, I'm fine giving you all the login information for our bank accounts. Like I know how much I trust you that I can say, and, and, and that was one of the things I thought, if I'm going to give somebody the password to my Gmail and access to all my clients, I have to trust this person above all else. And so absolutely, I 100% echo that. You got to higher for character and integrity above everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people miss out on some really good candidates because they receive applications and they're like, oh, they don't have three years of experience in this. And it's like, no, that person might have one year of experience in this, but they have all of the characteristics that you're looking for and they'll gain the experience. And 
if they're willing to Google and they're willing to like do some research and some legwork, they'll be okay. Like, you know, yeah, it, it'll absolutely. work out. Absolutely. Brianna, what's one of your favorite failures? Oh, <laughs> I really <laughs> don't love this question. Oh, man. So it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Okay. So Matt, my husband and I were on a trip to Italy and we rented a car. And at the time I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. And so Matt was driving everywhere, which was problem number one, because I am not a good navigator, horrible, awful. And problem number two is that at the time we were being super frugal. I mean, we were already taking a trip to Europe and I'm like, we can only spend this much per day on food. We can only spend this much. You know, we, we can't we can't opt to purchase the GPS. So we're literally we're not paying for international data and we are using a downloaded map. So I'm old school navigating. I'm not following any predefined blue line that Google shows the way. And I, oh, it was bad. It was really bad. So my strength is driving in busy cities, not the navigating. Problem number three is that Matt speaks some Italian. I do not. So we're driving really quickly and in crazy Milan. And I'm trying my hardest and failing greatly at pronouncing the Italian streets. And he is not understanding me. He's not understanding what I'm saying. He's already, he's getting frustrated because he's like, we just passed three roads that kind of sound like what you're just saying. And <laughs> we're, so when we're doing this and it's causing my already challenged navigation skills to be even worse. And we getting, we ended up getting into this huge, massive fight that ended with me in tears because I'm failing so badly and he's not understanding. We're not communicating well. And to make matters worse, my mom was with us on this trip and she is in the back seat throughout this entire thing. Nuh-uh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So that that is a story we laugh about now but it was it was probably an hour of this this struggle because we were trying to find our airbnb and you know it if you don't have navigation it's it's like how do i do this it was bad well and if you've never been to italy though those drivers there is no side of the road there is no pedestrian walkway. You just drive wherever you can fit. You park and you're, you're hitting somebody else's car while you're parking. Like you just watch people just back. I mean, that is an unforgiving place. So, and whenever we did, we had a very similar experience in New Zealand. And I think we had an automatic, we did upgrade for the automatic, but it was on our honeymoon. And so we were being very frugal too. And I think we did get the GPS because it was like $12 a day. And Mike was like, I am not learning how to drive on the opposite side of the road, on the opposite side of the car with you. Cause I am so directionally challenged as well. He was like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you with a map. So we're going to, but yeah, I mean, and it was stressful. The first time we got into a roundabout, we stayed in it, Brianna. <laughs> Mike was like, I don't know which direction. Like we just kept going. Cause it was right after we left the airport. And he was like, why would they put a roundabout for like with American drivers right out of the airport? And so we, yeah. we just stayed in it until Mike felt confident because you you had to make a left turn out of it or something, I guess. Or okay. no, you like you don't go right on red. You go left on red. And so he was just <laughs> like, what? Are we? So we just stayed in this roundabout for I don't even know how many laps. And finally, oh, my gosh, there's nothing that'll. I guess, challenge your marriage more than like renovating a house or learning how to drive in another country, especially yes. Italy. <laughs> yes. 
So when I actually did learn how to, so Matt taught me how to drive a stick and we were going to England and he was at a conference. He was presenting at a conference and I had to go pick up the rental car on my own and they drive on the wrong side of the road. I had driven a standard twice before we went on this trip, like twice successfully. I had to go pick it up by myself, figure out how to get back to the Airbnb, figure out how to drive on the wrong side of the road and it's in a standard. I and they had hills that were like, you know, yep. a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> steep hill. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is gonna end. I curbed it like three times. I'm so glad pedestrians weren't standing too close to the close to the edge because I totally would have wiped them out. But I made it home. I didn't stall out. I didn't kill anybody. I've it, it was a success in my book. But Matt took quickly took over after that and continued on driving because this oh my was too gosh, stressful. that's so funny. Oh my gosh, Brianna. Our our last question I want to ask you is: other than driving a stick shift, when was <laughs> the last time that you did not feel good enough? So to be completely transparent, it was this past weekend when I didn't do the greatest job juggling my priorities or communicating and I majorly lost my temper. And I had to mend fences and I had to figure out how to communicate my feelings even when I'm overwhelmed. So yeah, that is not an easy feat. No, it's funny because you have a toddler, we have toddlers. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. expect so much from them. Like, just Mm -hmm. tell me how you feel. Like, stop Mm -hmm. hitting or biting or throwing things or using, you know, you're using aggression. But then there's times when I'm like, I can't express how I'm freaking feeling. And I'm expecting a four-year-old or a three-year-old to, like, clearly communicate through tears what's going on. And I feel like it takes those moments of making a really bad emotional decision to get grounded again, especially as a parent to come back to what we're actually trying to teach our kids and how hard it is to actually live it out. 100%. And I also think it's a definitely a humbling experience because I try very hard to go back and have him see me apologize, have him see me own up for my mistake and address how I shouldn't have acted and how I should have handled it. And I, I hate doing that. I hate it. I don't want to be the one to apologize. Right. But I think that it's so important for him to see, oh, mom messed up. Mom's not perfect. She realizes she's not perfect. And it's okay. Like, I feel like there's this understanding that when he messes up, I'm still going to love him. And he's still, we're still okay. Like, we all make mistakes. And we part of being a family is showing and you know being a human is showing grace and understanding when people screw up that's beautiful i love doing this life with you brianna this is so fun <laughs> and how how can people reach out to you brianna if if they want to learn more about what you're offering or if they have questions what's the best way for them to contact you sure they can definitely email me it's brianna robinson consulting so b r i a n n a r o b i n s o n consulting at gmail.com. And I am on Instagram, but it like my business is on Instagram, but I actually don't spend a lot of time on that account because I am helping run three other accounts and it just falls low on the priority list. I'd much rather help other businesses further their goals and accomplish their goals rather than grow mine in a way that 
I don't really like, I don't really want because I want to be able to have that freedom to take on the clients that I want. And right now without full-time childcare, that's not a, that I, I can't have 30 different clients. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brianna. Have a wonderful weekend. And we will put, we will put all the contact information for Brianna in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you later. Okay. Thanks so much, Taylor. Bye.